Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And it's August and it's hot out. And we hope you guys are doing well. And we are going to share with you one of our more popular episodes. And that's on hair loss, hair changes, hair shedding in midlife. We get so many questions from women about why is my hair shedding? Why is my hair thinning? Why all of a sudden do I have curly hair when I never had it before? What's happening? So we spoke with Lisa Caddy, who is a trichologist. And for those of you who are not familiar with trichology, we were not before we did this episode. It is an expert who studies the scalp and hair. So that's all a trichologist means. Think of a dermatologist for your scalp. And we talked to Lisa Caddy. She is a trichologist with Philip Kingsley Products. And she's going to explain to us why our hair starts to change in menopause, how the estrogen goes down. All of a sudden, your testosterone is more readily apparent, and that affects your hair follicles. And she's going to explain to us why the pigmentation in our hair, once we use it all up, we our hair doesn't become gray. It actually becomes colorless which was really an interesting part of the conversation. She's also going to talk to us about what we can do, about our genetics. And what did I miss, Bridget? Oh, just, it was so interesting. Um, Just the whole thing about washing your hair. You know how some places say you shouldn't wash your hair every day, and you're going to hear about that as well. I'm so glad that we listen, or I listen to this podcast again, just to remember all of the interesting things that she told us. This was a fascinating episode. The new season, season four, will start in September, the first Wednesday in September. So we're excited for that. But we're also going to be doing blogs on a lot of these episodes. So if you would like to receive the newsletter, we try to do a weekly, sometimes bi-weekly newsletter. Make sure to go on hotflashescooltopics.com, a little... Um, Thing will pop up saying leave your email and you will be on the list. We're going to talk to Lisa Caddy now about our hair. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today, our guest is Lisa Caddy, and she is a trichologist. And you may ask, what is a trichologist? So welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a really exciting thing to do. And um, yeah, spread the word of trichology. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly is a trichologist? So a trichologist is a, an expert or a specialist in all things to do with the hair and scalp. So as you would see, a dermatologist for skin issues, actually trichology is a branch of dermatology. So we just specialize in this, the skin of the scalp and the hair alone. Okay. What is the difference between hair loss and hair thinning? And that's such an important place to start because that will um, open up the right and wrong questions and answers during the whole of our conversation. So I would call, actually, first of all, the word alopecia just means hair loss. And that can be any type of hair loss. That can be hair loss when you've had a baby. That can be hair loss through an autoimmune condition. It could be um, genetic hair loss. So alopecia just means hair loss. It's this umbrella term. But that I do differentiate hair shedding and hair thinning. So if when you say what's the what's hair loss, I would term that as hair shedding. And hair shedding is when you see physically too much hair coming out, when you shampoo or when you brush or when you handle your hair, an abnormal amount for you. So we do lose 
some hairs every day, that's normal. But an excessive amount is hair shedding. Hair thinning, I would largely describe as when a male or a female starts to, the hair starts to thin on the top area of the scalp predominantly. So the sides and the back generally remain the same, but we start to be able to see the scalp a bit more through the top area. Your parting gets wider. Sometimes when there's a light above you, you're looking in a mirror, you can start to see through that front area. So that's what I would call hair thinning as opposed to hair shedding. Okay, that's yeah, that was interesting. I noticed when you brought up the pregnancy part, I can remember after I had my children having lots of hair loss then. Is that hormonal or what are the causes of that? Yes, definitely. So postpartum hair loss um, usually occurs a few months after you've delivered a baby and it's all to do with the hormones. So um, long story short, really, you know, estrogen, the female hormone, hair loves it. It's a good hormone for hair. So most women realize that during pregnancy and as pregnancy progresses, the hair becomes fuller, more lustrous. It becomes amazing because what estrogen does, estrogen is rising during pregnancy and it keeps hair in its growing phase for longer so you don't shed many hairs during pregnancy unfortunately once you've had the baby and those hormones decline then all of those hairs which you really should have shed during pregnancy time get forced into a resting phase and then they they synchronize and they subsequently shed a few months later so they go into a resting phase for about three months and that's really when baby's born when one baby's about three months old you see this dramatic or significant amount of hair fall Okay, that was, and that might lead to another question. Right, I was going to say, that yeah. kind of leads into the hormone change of mm-hmm. menopause. So why do so many women who are in perimenopause and menopause notice more hair loss? Hair, you know, I, I, it's shedding and it's thinning, but some women suffer from one and some women suffer from the other. Yes, absolutely. So again, it's mostly to do with estrogen. I mean, as women, we do have a combination. We do have both sex hormones. So we have estrogen and testosterone as well. Um, So if we're talking about women seeing extra hair shedding when they're going through the menopause or when they are in the menopause, that's largely to do with this. You can have these kind of quite significant or sudden drops in estrogen. So hair follicles are very sensitive to hormones and if you have these fluctuations of hormones it can force too many hairs into a resting phase prematurely and then they'll subsequently shed so hormones when they're kind of fluctuating can trigger this excessive hair shedding but hair thinning is the different thing and what happens during the menopause when your estrogen is in decline you're losing some hair follicle protection from that estrogen so when you're losing hair follicle protection from estrogen your estrogen's dropping but your testosterone is then becomes a little bit more prevalent it doesn't increase but it's it's a bit more uh, there it's a bit more open to the hair follicle so and what testosterone can do in some people is shrink hair follicles down so if you have a genetic predisposition for female pattern to, to inherit female pattern hair loss as you get to the age where you're losing hair follicle protection from estrogen testosterone is then more prevalent and that's then it's then triggered and can start to shrink hair follicles so when hair follicles are shrinking you're producing finer hairs you're producing shorter hairs and that when over a period of time you can start to see that your scalp's more visible and that your parting gets wider. Okay, that is really interesting. And so would a supplemental hormone help that? Or I didn't know if the damage was already done, if there was anything you could do about it. 
Well, I think if by the time you're ready for HRT, you've already noticed some hair thinning, so those changes to the top area of the scalp, then you can't reverse that kind of hair loss, but you can, there are treatments that can help to stop it in its tracks and halt it. So basically by introducing estrogen back into your body, you it can give your hair a pick-me-up, but you're not replacing fully your estrogen back to where it was pre-menopause. You're just having enough estrogen to relieve those symptoms. So it can marginally help the hair. The difficulty sometimes with testosterone, if you have inherited that predisposition for hair thinning, your hair follicles don't like testosterone very much. They, are, they, they shrink in the presence of testosterone. And so supplementing with testosterone for women with genetic female pattern hair loss can actually nudge along the hair loss a bit more. It can exacerbate it. So it's, it's all a bit of a balancing act between HRT that makes you feel so much better, but also considering in the fact of what it, what it might be from a negative point of view or a positive point of view doing to your hair as well. Can you talk a little bit about female pattern hair loss and the genetics behind it? Yes, for sure. So genetics plays such an important part with lots of things to do with hair and scalp and skin issues and all of those things. So um, as a woman, I I actually have female pattern hair loss. My father was virtually completely bald by the age of 30 and I have inherited that gene and a woman can inherit the gene from dad's side or from mum's side it can go back beyond the the parents and go to grandparents as well and a male in the family also can inherit that gene from male or female side there used to be the thought process that the gene came from one side of the family it was like the, if your mother's father was bald, then your son was going to be bald. Exactly. and it, But it's a bit like blue eyes, brown eyes. You inherit that gene from wherever. So you inherit this predisposition that says your hair follicles are going to be sensitive to testosterone in your body. So as a woman, I inherited that gene from my father and it says my hair follicles don't like testosterone very much and they start to shrink down in the presence of testosterone. And it can be triggered by pregnancy, it can be triggered by the menopause, it can be triggered any time after puberty actually. So what testosterone is doing is shrinking those hair follicles and it's not, um, you don't really see high levels of testosterone women. It's not about the level of testosterone in your body it's about your individual sensitivity to normal levels of circulating testosterone so I drew the short straw dad was bald I've inherited the gene in my mid-30s I started to notice hair thinning and uh, I now use prescriptive treatment which has put the brakes on and I've been careful about my choice of HRT because some don't contain an obvious testosterone some contain an ingredient which is a testosterone derivative which can also further along that um, that process of thinning so that, that's the genetic side of it you inherit the gene that says your follicles are sensitive to testosterone and it's an it is a progressive condition so you do have to tackle female pattern hair loss when you notice it because there's no reversing really to be done Okay. So I, I, you were saying you were on, you were taking something right now to help with that. Can you talk about that and um, anything that could help people going through this? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I work in our Mayfair clinic. We have a clinic in New York as well, and we have prescriptive hair loss treatments. And so the hair loss treatment that I prescribe to lots of my female patients and which I use is a combination of minoxidil, um, which is uh, widely used to improve hair growth. And it's licensed, so it means it works, it's effective, and it's safe to use. So our combination has minoxidil. It also has a very low level amount of estradiol because that prolongs the growth 
primary phase of the hair cycle and protects the hair follicle. And there's an active anti-androgen in there as well. So an anti-androgen, I kind of talk about that as being an anti-testosterone. It doesn't lower your testosterone, but it protects your hair follicles from the effects of testosterone. So it literally puts the brakes on. There are different combinations. You'll find minoxidil alone um, is more readily available. And that's useful. That is, it's a useful proven treatment for female and male pattern hair loss. It does grow more hair, for Uh sure. So a certain percent of it can grow back if you use the right products. It's not like it's completely gone forever. Yes. So you can get some improvement in growth and in density, but what you can't do is reverse the size of the hair follicles, which have shrunk down over time. So once they've got smaller, they're producing very fine hairs. We can't make those hair follicles back to their original size, but we can kickstart some growth in some empty follicles, which are just dormant at the time. So that's where you see the improvement in hair density. That's fascinating. Really, that is fascinating. Yeah. I always wondered about all of that. When you see the signs up for helping baldness, I'm like, how How, did that, how does that really work? Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about, there's some myths for hair loss, you know, don't shampoo your hair every day or use certain products. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I love talking about shampoo frequency because it normally surprises everyone. Um, But as a trichologist, you know, my interest is in having a healthy scalp and your scalp is the bedrock of hair growth. So your scalp's got to be clean. It's got to be healthy, which means you've got to shampoo it frequently. So I talk about shampooing as you're actually cleaning your scalp, not necessarily your hair. Your hair gets clean by default. So you clean away, when you shampoo, you clean away dead skin cells, oil, sweat, bacteria, which is naturally multiplying on the scalp. And if you leave those things on the scalp for a long period of time, and I'm talking more just more than three days, you can start to have inflammation inside the hair follicle. They could, that can cause inflammation. So if you've got inflammation inside the hair follicle, that can actually lead to hair loss in some people. So from all angles, it's better to shampoo frequently. And I know there are definitely lots of myths about, well, shampooing will make your hair fall out or shampooing will strip the natural oils and shampooing is not good and that your hair will self-clean. And my answer to that would be, well, your face doesn't self-clean. So we Good response. Um, that that yeah, was yeah. very interesting because like you said, I can remember uh, looking at different alternatives at one time and one of them was like encouraging you to like shampoo once a month. And yeah, I can remember that. And I thought, I just can't do that. And mm-hmm. another one, and I remember I tried it for a while, was to use vinegar and baking soda. And I can't remember which one was the cleanser and which one was the conditioner, but apple cider vinegar... I think that was the shampooing part and then conditioning with baking soda with water. And it actually did fine. It didn't do anything. (laughs) Colleen's face right now. (laughs) Just the idea of putting bacon. No, it was. Yeah. And and it would, I don't think it did anything great for my hair. You know, it it didn't fall out, but it didn't do anything great. So you're lucky. Is that, is that myth accurate? (laughs) 
trend actually for apple cider vinegar and I'm not quite sure what the trend is I think you know the old wise tale used to be about using a vinegar rinse on your hair and that was because it's very acidic and if you if your hair ph is more acidic it closes the hair cuticle down so you get better shine but you don't need vinegar to do it because conditioners are amazing these days so maybe in the days when we didn't have great shampoos and conditioners it might have been an option but you definitely don't need to do that right now yeah what ingredients should you avoid in a shampoo or conditioner if your hair is starting to show loss well, that's a really interesting one because there are lots of hair loss shampoos on the market. And I think my personal feeling is people are quite vulnerable when they're losing hair and will buy into the fact that hair loss shampoos will restore their hair or grow hair. You know, hair growth is systemic, which means really topically, particularly in sense of a shampoo, they're on and off your scalp so quickly. There's no shampoo that's going to promote hair growth. So I wouldn't waste money on shampoos that say this is going to grow more hair. However, if your hair's feeling thin, if it's lost a lot of volume, you are going to want to choose a shampoo which is more volumizing. And that's it. that's the only thing that you can look for, a volumizing shampoo that gives your hair more fullness. And in terms of avoiding ingredients, you know, there is lots of um, chat about parabens and sulfates and silicones. And I just think it's not good to look at ingredients in isolation a lot of the time. You have to look at the whole formula of a shampoo. So if your hair, and I think I know where the whole sulfate thing is going, especially if you have curly hair, especially if you have, if you have dry hair, there, there's a, a, a thought that sulfates are more drying for the hair. So maybe you would want to avoid them. Well, not all sulfates are drying for the hair. And if it's in a combination of a formula of a shampoo that's packed with moisturizing ingredients, that's packed with conditioners, that will negate any negative or drying effects of a really good cleansing agent that's in that shampoo. So it's about buying a premium brand, pay a bit more for your shampoo and conditioner, and it will pay off because generally the formulas are better. You get higher grade ingredients overall, and you can make a big difference to the quality and condition of your hair just by choosing the right shampoo and conditioner. That's good to know. Yeah. Are there any tricks to finding the right kind of shampoo or conditioner for your hair? Like any, I know that you kind of feel your texture of your hair and all that, but I'm always like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, sure. And it's a minefield because there are hundreds of thousands of shampoos and conditioners to choose from. I would say in the way that our range at Philip Kingsley works is we have labeled and we formulate our shampoos and conditioners based on your hair texture. So that means... Is your hair fine textured, medium textured? Is it coarse textured or is it naturally coiled curls? If you can identify which one of those you are, then choose your shampoo and conditioner based on your hair texture rather than your hair problem. If you, if you buy a shampoo and conditioner that says this is for dry hair, you can almost guarantee it's going to be very moisturizing. And if you've got fine textured hair, that's not going to work for you. So choose a shampoo conditioner for your how you feel your hair texture is. And you can always use hair masks and hair treatments if you feel that your hair is out of condition. I wanted to talk about the different products that Philip Kinsley has, but I have one more question in that realm of what does stress do? for Does stress cause hair loss or hair shedding? I personally feel it does. Um, it might be anecdotal, but lots of trichologists will say that they see it because, you know, your hair cells divide very quickly. They're very demanding cells. 
And yet your body recognises your hair as a, it call, it's kind of classed as a non-essential tissue, which means your body couldn't really care less if you have any hair or not. But ironically, it needs a lot of taking care of in the sense of your general well-being, your health, and also your diet. So your hair's a very good barometer of your general health, I think. And I always imagine that in stressful circumstances, your body will kind of go into survival mode and really only take care of the functions of your body that are really important. And it knows that hair is not on that list. Hair is the back of the queue when it comes to being important. So it kind of has taken a lot of energy from food, from your general health, it kind of lets go of hair for a while and will shut down hair cell production because it's trying to, to take care of you and your vital organs. So Hair is that really good barometer of your health. If you're noticing hair shedding, you can almost guarantee there's something going on inside or systemically that's triggered that kind of hair, hair loss. Yeah. That is really interesting. I have a question, um, just something I noticed as I started to go through menopause, as I started, my hair started getting curly. And it really, it might have been curly when I was very young. But when I was growing up, it was pretty straight. And then all of a sudden, it's not like kinky curly, but it's got these big waves going. Is that common? I, I have no idea. I'm assuming it has something to do with menopause. It may well have something to do with it. And I think I've noticed the same thing with my hair as well. There is the thought process that going through the aging process, and that can mean you're declining estrogen levels as well. This, you know, we know that facial skin changes. We know that facial skin loses elasticity and it gets slack. Well, the thing happens to the, the same thing happens to the scalp as well. And we've got yet yeah, we've got hair growing and hair follicles which are embedded in the scalp tissue. So if we're losing elasticity in the skin in the, where the hair follicle is, that's changing the position of the hair follicle. So if those hair follicles used to be upright and straight and you're growing straight hair, you can get that movement in the change of the skin and the hair follicle. And so you can have some twists and turns and waves in the hair follicle as well, which will determine the shape of the hair when it grows through. Okay. I always wondered, but yeah. Along that line of questioning with menopause, why is it you start to lose hair in some places and you gain hair in other places like your chin or <laughs> places you're like, I never had hair there before. Absolutely. Why? Well, we have to remember that all hair growth is hormone driven. All hair growth. And so what's happening with that change in hormones during the menopause, we're losing follicle protection from of estrogen. So we're losing scalp hair, which me and we've got that more predominant testosterone in the body. Hormones are driving hair growth and testosterone can drive hair growth as well. So it, we have that, it's that kind of imbalance all of a sudden that we lose scalp hair, but that testosterone that's driving growth is, is driving growth elsewhere. You see it in men as well, aging men. You see them get very bushy eyebrows, hair's coming out of their ears, hair's coming out of their nose. And that's that's just that, that shift in hormones. It drives hair growth in one place and diminishes hair growth in another. Okay. Yeah, that was a good question, Colleen. Well, that, you know, because yeah. so many women ask about that. Why all of a sudden is, there, is this, yeah, like one real thin, like little thin hair will grow out of the blue, out of my neck, not up, but I'll be like, I think I have like a piece of hair from my head. And I'm like, and you're like wait Ow. a minute, that's still there. 
and it's like out of the blue this long. I guess that's hormonal. I mean, I don't. Yes, that's pretty much your testosterone kicking in. Yes. Oh, it's so bizarre. It's like once every five years that'll happen. And I'm like, (laughs) what in the world? I'm sitting here to the listeners. Now you're checking. You're checking. Yeah. Like, is there another one going on? Uh, Yeah. What about hair coloring? Can that affect your hair loss or your hair thinning? Well, well, it's not really hair thinning, but hair shedding. It might be music to your ears, but you can go ahead and color your hair, even if you have hair loss. Um, yes. Following <laughs> your hair makes you feel better. And when you're going through the menopause, especially, you have enough to deal with without thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to let my hair go gray as well. That's just kind of the final straw. Well, you don't need to. So coloring your hair doesn't cause what I call true hair loss, hair coming out from the root area. Yes, it can make the hair dry. If you overlap color too much, you're you're coloring really frequently. You're having bleach highlights and the bleach is left on a long time. Yes, you can dry the hair out. It can get dull, it can get damaged and it can break off. And in one respect, that is still called hair loss, but not in the sense that it's going to make your hair thin or it's going to make your hair shed. So I think actually coloring your hair is a really important thing for, for a confidence boost perspective to make you feel better and happier about your hair just take care with it you know if your hair is thinning and it has got fine fine hair is more fragile so it doesn't tolerate chemical quite so well you just have to treat your hair with respect like a cashmere sweater so you wouldn't over brush a cashmere sweater or do anything too much to it mm-hmm. Eat it really gently. Uh, and that was one of the questions, too, about brushing your hair. Right. Um, yes. Some of the women that listen to us say that when they brush their hair, their scalp burns. Yes. And that is quite unusual. I have heard it before. And there is, you can have inflammation deep inside the hair follicle. And remembering, every, you have about 120,000 hair follicles on the scalp alone. And every single one of them has a muscle attached to it. It's called an erectopeline muscle. So it's actually every hair follicle is its own little organ. And you can get inflammation inside that hair follicle, which, and if it's inflamed, it can mean that that muscle changes position and it and it can feel uncomfortable when you brush your hair. Sometimes the wind just has to blow your hair and you can feel sensitivity. You know, your hair follicles are so sensitive. So it may be that there is a scalp condition underlying and that there is some inflammation in the hair follicle, which really should be tackled either see a trichologist or see a dermatologist and see if there is any visible inflammation on the scalp that's occurring. Why does our hair turn gray? Why as we get older do we lose the color in our hair? I love all these great questions. I'm sorry, <laughs> just as you talk, I'm thinking, I'm asking you, should we color it? But why do we need to color it? Is the yeah, so we have the little cells inside the hair follicle um, called melanocytes, and melanocytes produce melanin, so which is the pigmentation for your hair. And I always kind of think of them as an as a, an ink well, an ink reserve. So basically, when the ink runs out, it runs out. So hair isn't grey, hair is actually colourless. So it's basically that your hair, hair follicle has all those melanocytes have actually stopped producing pigmentation. So the colour pigment has run out and then we get colourless hairs. There is a thought that being low in some B vitamins can actually um, exacerbate graying hair. And so some people like to take a B12 or a B9 just to see if they can kind of slow that graying process down. But predominantly, your the age of onset of going gray is largely genetic. So you've only got to look at mum or dad and 
Um, when they that's going to happen. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the products, the company that you work for. Can you tell us a little bit about Philip Kinsley? Yeah, sure. So, you know, as a trichological brand, all of our products are formulated with uh, scalp health in mind and with hair health in mind. So trichology is a very holistic approach to hair health. So yes, it's important, the cosmetic products that you use, but actually, you know, we look at your diet and lifestyle and nutrition. So we have a supplements range, which is a multivitamin and, and mineral, which can really help to boost your nutritional levels. But all the formulations of everything that we create has been looked at by a trichologist because we want them to be the products which improve the quality and condition of your hair. So we don't just use ingredients which make your hair look shiny and feel silky. We are actually working on improving the integrity, the quality, the strength and the condition of the hair as well. So all of our products have to be tried and tested by so many of our trichologists. And if they don't get the green light, then we go back to reformulating. But it's all about, yes, making you feel better about your hair, but improving the hair condition and quality as well. And that's why we use the highest grade ingredients. That's why as trichologists, we look at them very closely. And we just want to use those ingredients that we can say, yes, tick that box. That is going to help improve the condition or the shine or the strength of the hair over time. So they're very carefully curated and we don't launch products really, really quickly. We want them to go through the, that testing process and you'll see results from the very first time you use it. Even using a good shampoo and conditioner the very first time, if you've chosen the right one for your hair type, you will see that change in your hair. And you'll see those cumulative results in your hair as well. If you're good at routine, if you can build a few products of a regime into to your lifestyle, that's when you'll see the biggest change with your hair. So the product line that you have, does it divide people kind of into age ranges, hair color ranges, how do you figure out what product to give which patient? Yeah, sure. So anybody of any age will benefit from our products and all of them are formulated for color treated hair. So it doesn't matter if you have colored hair or not, you can use them. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you can use them. They're basically based on your hair texture. So if you say, yes, I've got fine hair, that's definitely me. Uh, fine, fine strands, need shampooing really frequently, struggle to get some body and life into it, then you'll be looking at our bodybuilding volumizing shampoo range. Um, if you've got, but then we do have targeted products. So if you've got a flaky and itchy scalp, if that's your problem, then we've got real problem solving products. So our flaky, itchy scalp shampoo, scalp toner and scalp mask are all targeted for any kind of scalp flaking. You can use it on eczema scalps. You can use it if you have psoriasis and you can use it if you have um, what I call just normal dandruff. So we've got problem solving ranges. We've got volumizing ranges. We've got treatment products. There's something out there for everyone. And, and I, we, I don't differentiate between male and female hair. So okay. everyone, both sexes, all ages can use the range. With one other question, we have several um, listeners that have gone through either breast cancer or a different type of cancer where they've lost their hair. When their hair starts growing back and they notice that it might be a little different texture or something like that, do you have any suggestions for them as far as hair care as it grows back? Yeah, sure. And that's actually really quite common for the hair to grow back a different shape almost. So when you used to have straight hair, it can grow back more curly. And that's because the hair follicle has been distorted usually through the chemotherapy on most occasions, the hair does return back to normal at some point, usually a good 12 months after the chemotherapy is finished. So hair can return to the way it was. Often hair comes back better than it used to be before chemotherapy. But in terms of what you should do, lots of 
people do ask, what can I do to speed up my hair growth and what's the best thing to do? Hair will return anyway. I would say just be patient, give your hair the chance and it will regrow. It can come back baby fine sometimes, but it's about treating your scalp really gently. So your scalp can become incredibly sensitive or sore or itchy. Just use products which are very mild, not highly fragranced, Try not to spray anything onto your scalp. But if you want to look after the condition of your hair, if you want to um, improve the condition of your hair that's growing through, we have an amazing hair mass hair treatment called Elasticizer, which is fragrance-free and it's incredible for restoring the condition, the strength, the shine. So if your hair's coming through and it's feeling more dry than it ever used to, it's a really nice way to just improve the silkiness and the condition of it. Um, And we also have a shampoo and conditioner that's called No Scent, No Colour. So it's free from all of those things that sometimes people don't want, especially if they've been through cancer treatment. So it's free from parabens and sulfates and fragrance and colouring agents very mild and gentle and beautiful on the scalp and beautiful on the hair as well. So you can just choose some really nice products which are going to be kind to you and just give your hair that natural chance to regrow anyway. Postmenopausal, you should settle down a little bit if you're shedding a lot of hair. Generally, um, it should do, but there are lots of, there can be lots of triggers for hair shedding. So, you know, not just the hormonal shifts, but having low iron levels. Now, that's less common once we pass the menopause because you're not having a monthly period. So, your iron levels tend to retain quite well. Um, but obviously, you know, we talked about stress. If you have, a, you know, a, an intensely stressful period, that can cause hair shedding. Um, you can also have hair shedding if your thyroid becomes unstable um, okay. and you develop an autoimmune condition. And, you know, we tend to develop more of these things in later life as well. Certainly thyroid problems are much more common beyond the uh, the menopausal age. So I think it's it's good to be aware of it. And if hair shedding goes on for longer than around 12 weeks, I would definitely um, have some tests done and look into that. So you would suggest blood work and maybe thyroid checking in there? For sure, yes. And, and, you know, the things I would normally check from a nutritional status would be your iron levels, your vitamin B12, vitamin D, zinc, and red sulfolates. They would probably be my top five blood tests to check they're all in order, to check those levels are optimized so that you have the best chance of growing the best hair that you can. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing all that really fascinating information about what goes on with hair growth and what goes on with our scalp and all of our hair follicles and the shape of it and the little equal that holds the pigmentation that runs out of the ink. And that's why our hair starts getting gray. It It is completely fascinating. And just it really is. And it you know, is. the whole yeah. thing about I, I hadn't thought when she brought up the fact that, you know, a lot of people don't want to wash their hair very frequently. And she's like, well, there's bacteria on your scalp that is multiplying. And I was like, Ugh. like your face when she compared it to your face <laughs> and when True. you wash your face every day, you're like, yeah, I wash my face at least twice a day, sometimes more, depending on what I'm doing. And then you think about all the sweat and everything that gets in your mm-hmm. hair. And we also love Better Not Younger hair yes. care. And it explains a lot now. There's a scalp oil that mm-hmm. we can use. And after listening to this episode, I'm like, oh, that's why I use that again. Like yes. sometimes you don't think about it. 
But they right. have some great products as well. They do. Better Not Younger. I love I love Better Not Younger's hair volumizer, a hair thickener. And mm-hmm. they also have the heat protector. I like the heat protector. Oh, yeah. that one is, I keep that one. I think, I think I'm on a subscription to that one. <laughs> I keep just getting things in every month and, and I use that. So and I make sure like to, you can check out uh, Better Not Younger on our Brands We Love page on our website. When you go on hotflashescooltopics.com, just click on Brands We Love, and that will showcase a whole bunch of brands we love, including Better Not Younger. So thanks, guys, for listening. Have an awesome week. Remember, season four is going to start in T-minus three weeks, and we hope you join us. Make sure to tell everybody else about it because we are excited for a yes, new season. Yes, we are. Yes, lots of great guests. So make sure you stay tuned. Bye. Bye.